Surge in infections and deaths related to invasive group A strep. Former Grand Chief of the Council of the Cree spent four days in an emergency room hallway. Newmarket family held hostage and extorted while on vacation in Eswatini. Protests in Tunisia demand the government work harder to find a missing boat of 37 migrants and the public prosecutor appointed to prosecute the gunman who stormed a live TV broadcast in Ecuador has been shot dead. Good morning. It's Thursday, January 18th. I'm Nora, and here are your headlines. First to news about a health crisis that has emerged in the wake of widespread COVID infection. Invasive group A strep has triggered a record number of cases in Canada, and six children have died in Ontario since October as a result. Just to put that into perspective, that's six children in a single province in just a few months. In Canada, from the start of the pandemic until last May, 43 children died from COVID. That's in every province and territory. CBC's Mike Crawley and Lauren Pelly report that the bacterial infection kills one in 10 people that develop it. There are more than 4,600 cases confirmed, which is a jump of 40% over the last time there was a yearly height, which was in 2019. This infection happens when strep A bacteria, which is what you'd have if you had strep throat, spreads to, quote, parts of the body, such as the bloodstream or the liquid around the brain, or into soft tissue, where it can cause necrotizing fasciitis, known as flesh-eating disease, unquote. It isn't just children that this is infecting. There have been 48 deaths overall since October in Ontario, and officials are seeing a spike in infection among people who are 65 years of age and older. Pelly and Crawley report that other provinces are seeing this too. New Brunswick, for example, had six deaths on average each year from the infection. But in 2023, there were 10, and already in 2024, there have been two deaths. This article features one mother who felt like she waited too long before going to the hospital to not be a burden on the healthcare system. Her daughter died, and she was just five years old. It also ends with some helpful information about what to look for, specifically a severe sore throat without a cold or other upper respiratory tract infection symptoms, so like no mucus and stuff like that. And if you have a fever and you feel very unwell, you should get medical help, especially if you can't get the fever to come down. If you have a family doctor, I mean, congratulations, go there because they can do a test for strep and treat it. But if not, you have to go to eMERGE. There can also be a, quote, fine sandpaper-like rash on the skin, unquote. Sneezing and runny nose, quote, rarely indicate a case of strep, unquote. The good news is that antibiotics can treat it. You shouldn't wait to see a doctor if you or someone you love is extremely lethargic and has symptoms of strep. Next, okay, the combination of these two stories is probably not ideal, I know. Matthew Mukash spent four days in the emergency department of a Montreal hospital waiting for a room. He traveled to Montreal from Wapmagustui after five months of experiencing pain. Wapmagustui is a community on Hudson Bay. Mukash is an elder and was the former Grand Chief of the Council of the Crees. He's 72 years old. His bed was placed in a hallway right beside an admissions office where he wasn't able to rest at all due to the activity that was constantly around his bed. He was discharged at day four, and by then they still hadn't gotten a room for him. In an article for Global News from Kalina Lafremoise and Felicia Parillo, Mukash's granddaughter Jade is quoted as saying this. 
Quote, for indigenous people, especially those who come from up north, we can't just say we're going to go home or choose a different hospital. We have to follow protocols under Cree patient services who takes care of us in the city when we go down for our appointments. So there's really no choice for indigenous patients to just leave without thinking. I have to get a flight home on my own if I don't follow the protocols, unquote. While Quebecers have been warned that our ERs are bursting at the scenes, and this is an increasingly common experience, it's impossible to imagine someone of the stature of Mukesh, who is white, experiencing the same indignity. No one should experience this indignity, of course, but especially not someone who is more than a thousand kilometers away from home and is at the full whim of a broken system. Now to a story about a new market family who was kidnapped for a few hours while visiting Eswatini. Sean Stevens and his two teenage kids traveled to Mount Kilimanjaro to climb it over the holidays. They first went to Tanzania, where they, quote, spent several days scaling up and down the mountain, unquote. And then they flew to South Africa. The plan in South Africa was for them to stay with Sean's parents, Heather and Chuck. The two are missionaries there. The day before that they were supposed to leave, Stevens, his kids, his mother, and his mother's adopted 12-year-old were kidnapped. Here's how CTV's Joanna Lavoie reports it. Quote, On the last day of their trip, Stevens and the kids, along with his mother and a vulnerable 12-year-old girl she'd adopted, ventured to the kingdom of Eswatini, formerly Swaziland, to visit a children's home and donate medicine. After a visit at the orphanage, the group jumped back in the rental vehicle en route to a youth camp run by his mother. But before embarking on that roughly three-and-a-half-hour drive, they stopped in the city of Mbombela to grab some takeout food and fuel, unquote. There, they were pulled over by someone posing as a cop who then jumped into the car, pushed Sean out of the driver's seat and kidnapped them. They were robbed and beaten and then brought back to their rental car. The article ends with this, quote, he said that many have come forward to help get his mother's charity back on its feet, donating $2,500 within just a few days. I'm just so glad to be Canadian, unquote. Global Affairs Canada reminds Canadians to be very careful when traveling in parts of the world where there might be these kinds of things happening. It was not unknown that there are groups of people who are stopping people on the side of the road, posing as police, and then extorting them for money. Next to Tunisia, where a boat that is said to be carrying 37 migrants has gone missing off of the coast of Sfax. Communications have been lost with the boat since January 11th. Most of the people on board were from a village called El Hancha from Sfax. They were aged between 13 and 35 years old. There has been frustratingly little information given about the disappearance, reports Al Jazeera, and so families of the folks who were missing set up barricades and burned tires in protest. The government responded to the protests by saying they are continuing their search efforts. This isn't the first time a Tunisian boat has disappeared. In 2022, 18 people from the southern town of Zarziz died in a shipwreck. In response, people protested the economic conditions that forced people into that boat in the first place. In 2023, the International Organization for Migration estimates that 2,498 people died while trying to cross the Mediterranean in 2023. Almost 70,000 migrants and asylum seekers were stopped by Tunisia's National Guard from January to November 2023, who were trying to cross the Mediterranean. 77% of those who were intercepted weren't Tunisian. They came from other African countries. And finally, maybe you saw this news. A few days ago, 13 gunmen attacked TC Television in Guayaquil, Ecuador. 
They held people hostage while the station was live on the air. There was also a massive hostage taking of 2,000 prison staff and a rise in other kinds of violence. Well, Cesar Suarez, the public prosecutor who was working on the case, was murdered yesterday. Suarez had already interviewed the gunman who police had captured at the television station, reports The Guardian. They explain, quote, Long considered one of South America's most peaceful countries, Ecuador has seen its murder rate rocket in the past five years, with a record 7,878 killings last year, as Mexican cartels and foreign mafia groups set up camp in what has become a key drug trafficking route. Those are your headlines for Thursday, January 18th. I'm Nora. Hey, look, if you're in Hamilton this afternoon, 3.30 at McMaster campus, come and check out the book launch of a new book that looks at capitalism and COVID. I'm going to be there talking about capitalism and COVID, and you're totally welcome to come along. And hey, if you're in Toronto, we're doing the same thing on Friday. I'll give you the details for that tomorrow morning. You are listening to this podcast at sanynora.com on the Real News Network podcast feed or anywhere you get your podcasts. I hope you have a wonderful Thursday and I'll talk to you tomorrow.